Keep on, keep on, keep striving For this religion that we preach But Keep on, keep on, keep pushing For nothing's ever out of reach Because the time we keep on driving It's all And welcome to another edition of the Luton Town International Podcast. Um, obviously, been a few matches since we've done them. Um, the Liverpool game, I'm not going. We're not going to go into too much. Suffice to say, this beers on Gav because he actually did follow through. I predicted one all. He did follow through. I forgot he even done that, and he sent me the money for beer. So fair play, Gav, on that one. And in conjunction with that, I am also drinking Stella, and it tastes like dirty water. And don't ask me how I know how that tastes, but it tastes like dirty water. You're Amer- you're in America. You can't really talk about beer. Next week we're doing wine. Got to get you a bit cultured. Really? Okay, I'll pretend it's wine coming from cans. Simple. You can and... get wine in cans. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously we didn't record after that one. We're not going to go into it because I think it's probably been done to death. There was also the Man United game, which we're not really going to bother mentioning because Gav's just going to sort of, you know, um, wax lyrical about Man United scoring the odd goal. Um, Victor Lindelof is the greatest defender to ever play the game. Yeah, exactly. We'll move past that one. But um, yeah, I was on a holiday, so uh, we can do that one. So now I'm back. Gav can actually do a podcast again because he actually needs someone sensible. Yeah, I need someone to actually show me how to do this shit because I did actually record one during while you were away on vacation, enjoying yourself, um, and uh, it didn't record. No sound. Oh, okay. Video video was fine, just just no sound. So I apologize to my to my mate. Um, but yeah, no sound whatsoever. Apparently, I need Nick to be to be here to be able to record. How oh yeah, I do. That? I do have that technical know how just to be here to make things work. I can look yeah. at the computer and it's working, so you know it starts working, but. Uh... So, right, on to the Palace game, one I actually got to. Now, my record game this season was um, lost, drawn. I was thinking, it's got to be due a win. And we got the win. But it was, um, well, I would, I would say it's hard work, but any win is going to be hard work here. First half, I was thinking it's um, Kaminsky, absolutely superb double save. I don't think we we're overly in trouble. We weren't really threatening, Gav. No, we, did, we didn't really threaten at all, but... As you said, Kaminsky with some fantastic saves. And I will point out that anyone who says anyone other than Kaminsky for man of the match on Saturday needs their fucking head checked. Uh, I know a lot of people are ranting and raving about certain players, uh, which we'll probably get on to later. But if you do not think Kaminsky saved us from getting nothing, a point or less out of that game, then check your head, mate. Because Kaminsky was, and I haven't been his biggest fan this season. I think he's made some hellers, but he was, he was, shot stopping wise, he was fantastic. And I think, I think Mick actually said this in our group chat that he doesn't command his area, and I don't think he does. I don't think he does a great job of that. But shot stopping, Jesus Christ, he was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's man of the match could actually be debatable on those ones as well. I mean, Kaminsky is definitely in the shout, but I mean, there are a couple of others there. Um, Ross Barkley, I'm going to say also that one, throw in there. Now, Ross Barkley, he's getting, especially when you see him from the angle I saw him, 
he is absolutely fantastic the way he can shift the ball. The passes he saw, I mean, obviously the club have released a video. It's, you know, there's a couple of 50-yard passes. He's basically, he just turned with his back to them, turned, picked out Doughty perfectly on both sides, I think. And... Yeah, so I think on one of them, took a touch and he probably didn't need to take a touch. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I know everyone's waxing lyrically about Ross Barkley. But I think if that Palace game showed us anything compared to the United game and the Liverpool games, which were, although we lost one, and, although we only, although we only picked up one point from those two games and we beat Palace, the performance against United and Liverpool was better. And I think the reason why the United the performances against United and Liverpool was better was Nakamba. It's pure and simple. We missed that guy, you know. Um, and I think Ross Barkley misses him, you know, because. I've I've spoken on this podcast before. Ross Barkley, technically on the ball, is a phenomenal player. But there's a reason he's playing for Luton Town. And it's the other aspect of his game. And the other aspect of his game, I don't think has gotten necessarily any better. It's just that he's making he's making moments now in the game that just stand out. You know, like the passes to Dowdy, like the the the, 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 the second pass. Like just the simple things of, you know, knowing what's behind them, releasing the ball at the right time. They're all stuff that we knew Ross Barkley had. So here's the thing. We don't have a player, maybe Lakonga. We don't have a player like Nakamba. Nakamba does all the dirty stuff. Nakamba, Nakamba won't, I'm not saying it's not in his arsenal, but you won't, you won't sit there and watch Nakamba play 56 yard balls. No. You know, but the role he plays in the team is, Absolutely needed, you know, and Barkley was great on Saturday. He was, but if you're asking me, man of the match, Kaminsky would be ahead of him. Mengi would be ahead of him. Osho would be ahead of him. And this is nothing against Ross Barkley. Everyone's waxing lyrically about him, and I understand why. Like, we haven't really had a player like that in the team for a long, long time. You know, but some of the comments I'm seeing, like greatest player I've ever seen play at Kenilworth Road. Jesus Christ, I hope you weren't born in the 80s. Because Ricky, <laughs> yeah, Ricky, I, Hill, I think Ricky Hill, Hill would Ricky Hill would have something to say to you. I th yeah, I think comments like maybe a bit over the top. I mean, I think it was just sort of you know, you did see so he had got some real, real quality in the ball. Um the other one I'd have picked out would be Og Benning. Um, I mean, it was actually noticeable with Benning attacking. Doughty was the same as well. When he's attacking, Palace were trebling up on them. Not so I, wanna, I do want to put you up on something. You said Dowdy can play right right or left back. He's definitely more comfortable on the left. Oh, no yeah, yeah. He's, he's left-footed. I mean, yeah. he can, he can no do this right, but he is better on the left, sir. So. Yeah, and and that was that that was plainly obvious to me um, in, in the Palace game that he, he needs to be. And it it's going to be a thing now because if... Kabore does come back like we expect him to. Yeah. What's going to happen there? Because Bell played really, really well defensively and going forward on that left wing back row. And the three, the three center halves played extremely well as well. So you're not like it's great now that defensively we have op options. But mm -hmm. at the same point, what what do you change for the Brentford, if anything? Uh, I mean, Brentford away is a tough game. I think on that one, you almost want Bell's defensive qualities more than you want Kabori's attacking one to bring in there. Yep. But then the home games, you might be so well. Obviously, Man City, you don't have a choice. Kabori can't play in that one. Mm -hmm. um, 
but some some of the others are home games. You want Kabori and Doughty both attacking on their natural flanks, going through doubling up with Benny. Let's see where we go from there. Um, now, actually, on that one, a wing play, there's something match the day brought up. Luton ranked first in successful crosses this season in the Premier League. And how many games that. has Ryan Giles played? Hmm? And how many games has Ryan Giles played? Um, well, exactly starts three or four. But exactly. Nice but now I said Luton as a team. No, no, yeah. And like the thing was when Giles was brought in, it was very much, oh, he can cross a ball. He's a great crosser of the ball. Did we really? Well, actually, if you have a look at the stats on the per player stats on some of those who crossed it in, I think Giles is second or third actually in the sort of, you know, the player who's actually crossed the ball in most for Luton, despite not starting many games. Doughty's Doughty, got the second most crosses in the entire Premier League. I mean, I get wanting competition, but I I I did not understand the Jala signing. I just I I didn't. I think we needed a, a right wing back more. I would have preferred and maybe a right wing back wasn't available or who they wanted wasn't available, but I would have preferred to have a right wing back that wasn't on loan mm-hmm. um brought in rather than rather than Jaws. And this again, it's nothing against Jaws. It takes people time to to settle into a, a new club and a new way of playing football. And I get all that, you know, he, he could maybe eat, eat my words in a year's time and be Luton's best player, you know, and well, I, I would have no problem with it. It's short and medium term, isn't it? I mean, I think Giles is a great cross the ball. He can go through. Doughty has got a little bit more defensively about him and he can cross the ball in as well. And I think Giles isn't really trusted, isn't trusted defensively at the moment. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Doughty defensively is, is a lot better than than, than Giles, um, and I think Doughty as well has that nastiness about him. Mm. Like you could see him talking smack to some of the Palace players on Saturday. You could see it. It was obvious he was doing it. He was having a great well, time doing it. Talking smack, talking okay. smack, talking shit, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we're not American, even oh, if you live here. I live here, you know. But yeah. it, it was obvious. It was obvious that he, he's got that nastiness about his game, which which isn't a problem. Like you need that. Yeah, I mean, I think he. I mean, we got six bookings. I think he may have been one. Of them. I lost track of his actually books. I saw a couple. There was some that were bits of you know soft, and I think Palace got away with some just about the same. Um, on the second half, anyway, um, I think we started pushing a lot more, um, threatening a bit more, and then Palace scored. Now, when Palace scored, other than survivors just thinking, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, somebody beside me said that was handball, wasn't it? But then you saw Chong basically waving his arm around, so you know, passing his arm, saying handball. And I'm instantly I was thinking that VAR do your job. You've got one job here to do. And they took an age to review it. And you look at it and thinking, how did it take that long? That was as blatant as Joe Taylor's. Yeah, and I think I put that in the group chat. Like, if Joe Taylor's is a handball, that's a fucking handball. I don't know what I I think I even said in the group chat, I don't know what's taking them so long. And that must be been hell for anyone in the crowd because I was watching it and I was literally like standing in my father-in-law's living room with my brother-in-law sitting, sitting there and I'm like yelling at the TV, you cannot fucking give that. You cannot give, what's taking you so long? You cannot give that, my brother-in-law. Well, it's, it's, it's about a minute to actually bring up the checking VAR um, graphic as well. Yeah. Oh, inside the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I think instantly, instantly on on the broadcast I had, they were like, I think they're gonna. One of the commentators, I don't know which one it was, was like, I think they're gonna check this for handball, and sure enough, they did. Now I've heard from Gary Neville and stuff like that that they have VAR 
not really in their ear, but right there, and they can see if they're checking something. So I'm sure they probably knew straight away. But um, it was definitely a let off because Palace. I mean, it was so easy for Palace. It was just one long ball over the top, and we got caught. Oh, it's that's because like, like, I said basically the only reason he got it there is because it got controlled by his arm. It wasn't. I don't think it was deliberate. I've seen other people say it was deliberate. I don't think it was deliberate, but it was a handball. It was a handball. The reason why I say it's a let off is because Kaminsky makes a great save for that ball to bounce up and hit the guy on the arm before mm-hmm. he knocks it into the net. Kaminsky made a great save there again. Kaminsky made a great save. Um, I, 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 I that, I, that's why I think it was a let off because if if we give those, and um, we'll get to the upcoming game soon, I'm sure. But if we give those chances to quality strikers, they're going to score them. You know. Like you look, you look at the strikers we've, and and this is my one concern going forward is that Brentford have some really good strikers. Yeah, Arsenal, man. No, even even without even without Tony, they have some decent strikers. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, man, it's more of a, a team effort. But if you go, if you give those chances to Holland, he's going to put up a cricket score against us. Yeah, but it's. Um... But he does that against every team. So Haaland is the ultimate cheat card if he's on form. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get on to that one. So I mean, shortly after that goal, we actually then we did we did go up the other end of the score. Um uh, again a set piece, which um we rank quite highly with. Um Morris's flick on, which I was quite glad about because he's my fancy football team. Hmm. Um then he scored, everyone celebrating and some points looks at me and sort of said, check up there. And you just saw the dreaded checking VAR offside. I'm thinking from the corner, how the fuck can that be offside? And straight away as well, they were like on the broadcast, I think they're going to check this. I'm like, check it for what? And immediately went through, immediately what went through my head was, did Morris's hand go up in the air? Looked at the replay? No. Okay, does, Meng- does it touch Mengi's arm? No. I'm like, what are they checking this for? And it turns out they were checking it because Chong was in the eye line of the goalkeeper. Yeah, Chong was an offside. Chong is an offside position, but I mean, if it had brushed him, then yes, it would have been offside. But it's um, but it didn't it touch him. Actually, I, I don't know what the offside rule is anymore. I don't know what the handball is anymore. I don't think it. I don't think I don't think anyone's doing Nick. I think the offside rule is just one of these things now where it's just you, you play a guessing game with it. But I, I I was just like, why is why is he even looking at what like? And again, it seemed to take. Maybe it's just me because we've gone ahead, but it seemed to take forever to get to that decision. It's just kind of like, what are no, you doing? Yeah, no, I can confirm it took forever because I said we had also celebrated, finished celebrating, and someone spotted the graphic and popped up. And went, what? Yeah, it, like, and I think that's the problem with VAR is that it takes a lifetime. And I understand they want to get the decision right, but Jesus Christ, I mean, we need to find a better way of, like, because again, this is not like American sports where the clock stops. VAR no. checks are going into the end of the game when you're adding on minutes, which I'm sure we get to. Like 12, there were a lot of them, yeah. There was 12 minutes added. We ended we ended up playing 13. Just like Jesus Christ, like it's not helping. It's not helping the game get any offside and penalties. I think that's the only thing they should be used for. Yeah, I mean, I think checking goals is probably fair enough because they hadn't checked the goals. Palace could be one up. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, every goal should be checked. It's it's like in 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 American football, every touchdown is reviewed. You know, every goal should be checked. But I'm talking about in in other instances within the game, 
But I mean, it's extremely, it's extremely dangerous play. Extremely dangerous play. Penalties offside. I mean, it's almost going back to the Liverpool game again. It's um, you know that goal went and they, was, they were checking. I mean, I was watching it on TV, but in the pub, I couldn't hear the commentary. And then you realise after they actually were checking for a possible Liverpool penalty before it led to a goal. You think that would have been a turnaround from absolutely yeah. celebrating to suddenly being potentially one 0 down? That would have been harsh. I'll be honest with you. I've said this to you. If we'd have beaten Liverpool, I am married with a kid. My wife and kid already know this. If we'd have beaten Liverpool, that would have been the greatest day in my life because I really cannot stand that club. <laughs> I think, well, I mean, they're victims, basically, aren't they? We won't get into that because we'll get in trouble. <laughs> I didn't say anything else. They'll probably pick up on it now. Hey, get the beam figures up. Right. But, but like, I, 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 said it to, I said it to someone that I work with that is a big football fan. If we play the way we did against Palace, if we play the way we did against Liverpool and United against Palace, we'd win. Now, I don't think we played, as I said, I don't think we played as well, but I think we played well enough to win the game. And that's why when Palace scored, it was such, it was so deflating. It was Shades of Burnley, wasn't it? It was basically get, yeah. get the goal, to put his head, and then, or get, well, Burnley was equalised, but get the goal, and then he can see straight away. Now, but uh, Bell possibly got turned slightly too easily if you're being overly critical. I would say it was a it was a great strike, and I think I hope you hold your hands up on that one. But it was frustrating. I'm not going to applaud it at the time. And it's one of these things where you look at the Burnley, and I can't remember the Burnley the team against Burnley exactly, but it went down that left side, our left side. It went it went down Palace's right, our left. Yeah, but Burnley were sick though. I mean, the Palace we weren't. I think it was Bell just got sort of. Uh, he wasn't caught napping. He just got turned slightly easier than you'd have thought. But I mean, it was good play from their player, and it was a great strike as well. Yeah, uh, but down the down the down their right, our left to equalise against Burnley. Down the right, our left to, or to sorry to score to score the winner for Burnley. Down our down their right, our left to score the the equaliser for Palace. That's now a problem. After we score or after we do something good, we need to make sure we're switched on. Now, as you said, Bell got turned too easily. I do think that happened. But if you look at throughout the game, Alise played it really, really well because during the game, he was going down to the byline a lot and trying to get balls across. Hmm. So when he came to that shot, cutting inside, Bell was expecting him to go down the line, you know, because that's what he'd done the whole game. And then he cut inside. Not just picking him out because everyone else is raving about him, but Barkley's jogging back. That can't happen. I and... didn't. Really, I, didn't I, did, I didn't really notice that. I mean, I, I think he got turned. I think some of the time I said you, you have to hold your hands up and say it was a great yeah. strike. It's a fantastic goal. It's a fantastic goal. But go back and look at the goal. Bell gets turned too easily. Yes, totally does. As I said, I think Bell thought he was going down the line because he did a lot during that game. He cut inside and he he basically left Bell on his ass. But look at Barkley. Look at Barkley's position. If Barkley's not jogging back, if Barkley's, I don't want to say putting effort in because he's putting effort in, but if Barkley's a little bit more aware of what could happen, he's in there and able to get a toe in and probably block or do something to put off Elise. And 
again, I'm not just saying this because Barkley's been raved about and ranted about all week since the game. He was fantastic, but there's still aspects of his game that need to improve. And I mean, if, if here's the thing. If there was an aspect of his game, and I said this earlier, if there wasn't aspects of his game that needed to improve, he wouldn't be here. He'd be playing for a top four team. He's that talented. He is that talented. I mean, I think you get a lot of talented players. I mean, you're sort of criticising for maybe his defensive work, which I think is a little bit harsh in this one. But I mean, Barkley, what I would say, I was dubious when we signed him. I thought, right, this is a player I'm not sure he's going to fit into a work ethic, not just into a team. But he's actually, he has picked it up. He knows what it plays, but pay loves losing. And in the last few games, he's been fantastic. He has. He's been really, 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 really good. The last couple of games, he's been really. And uh, I think the biggest ones, he's been kind of in and out of substitutes in other games. Maybe his head's not quite in there. Maybe he's expecting there. But I think Rob Edwards has actually built him up and thinking, right, this is your role in the team. This is what we expect, and he's excelling. I think he's a guaranteed starter at this point. I think there's no doubt in my mind he's a guaranteed starter. Um. It's just yeah. Who's going to be beside him? Yeah, who's going to be behind beside him? Um, that's the question. I mean, Nakambo is obviously the obvious one, um, yeah. but then you've got so Lukonga to come back in. You've got Jordan Clark coming back to fitness as well. That's when it gets interesting. Yeah, I think Clicker could be a great off the bench um, impact player. I think, um, do you know what I think has helped Barkley? The signing of Townsend. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and here's the thing, like we, we talked about, we talked about Barkley in the first couple of games, not really hitting the stride, not really looking like, you know, the player he is, he, that he's looking like now. I think that's the case with Townsend is that you look at the last couple of games, he's come off after 60, 70 minutes. It's obvious that he's not up to full match fitness yet, but he's yeah, shown glimpses. Yeah. He's shown glimpses. And him and Barkley, and again, it could be the fact that they played in the Premier League for so many years, not necessarily together, but at the top levels, that they understand. They understand the game a little bit better. They understand what each person's trying to do. Well, I mean, you know, they're, okay. they're, both, they're both forming internationals with not just one or two exactly. caps. I'm not sure I'm in Tanzan, but Barkley's got 33 caps. Tanzan's got a lot as well. And to get that many caps yeah. from England, you can't be a bad player. And they're not exactly well, 536. It's only England. It's only England. Let's let's not go overboard. It's not like <laughs> they're playing. It's not like they're playing for Ireland or, or, or you know one of them great teams. Oh god, you could be saying we'll sign Robbie Keane next. Robbie Keane. There you go. That that solves all our goal scoring problems. And having said that, I'm now going to bring up the winning goal, which was actually um, a pass from an England international to an Irish international to a Scottish international. Yeah. And it was the Irish Internationals ball into the box that was inch, inch fucking perfect. But here's I'll the think, thing. Here's yeah. something I will bring up. Why is not Ben A playing on the right constantly? Look at that ball. It's it what we what we spoke about earlier with Dowdy in that you know it's so obvious that he's more comfortable on the left than he is on the right. Mm. It's so obvious. Ogbene is so much more comfortable on the right than he is on the left. But he can play both sides, and I think it's he can play both that. sides. Yeah, as he fit in the team, and also I think on the left he's got to you know he can link up with Doughty if he's playing the left, and you've got some serious pace overload going on there. So that I was actually, be- I was actually surprised when I seen the team sheet on Saturday, when I seen that Doughty was playing right, right wing back, right full back, whatever you want to call it, that Ogbeni wasn't also on the right. I was surprised by that a little bit. 
because they've built up such an understanding that I just thought, okay, it, would it really make too much of it? Because I think Townsend's pretty decent on his left foot. I think I think he might be majority left foot, right? I'm not sure. I can't remember. I think I thought it was, but it's I think, um, it's, yeah. quite, I think it's quite possible that like, he might be actually better with his left than he is with his right. Just switch the two of them. You know, and I, I like I, I it, it would just because it was just so obvious to me that Agbene was a lot more dangerous on the right, putting balls into the box than he was. Well, that's, that's, that was from fullback as well, of the substitutions. Yes, um, exactly. No, I mean, it's, it's a good passing box to find the ball in from Benny is absolutely fantastic. However, having said that, if you're a Paris defender, you want to be clearing that. It's not an indefensible ball. It's a very good ball in, but you want to get something in it before Jacob Brown throws himself in. So here's the thing with, with, with that. I think the defender is expecting his goalkeeper to clear it or claim it. And the goalkeeper is expecting the defender to clear it. But if you're Jacob Brown, you've got to take the chance that both of them are going to fuck up in some way, shape or form. And he did. And he did. And now I think yeah. he's... Um, Jacob Brown, I think, leaves a chance for... Uh, leaves a chance. I think he's missed um, three clear-cut opportunities, most of any of our players this season. Yeah, he but needed that. That way, he was made up for it. I mean, he stretched to get in there and fantastic to see that going as well. Yeah. And the thing was as well, like you look at you look at our starting eleven was was pretty decent, but then you look at the the players that came off the bench. Like Clicker came off the bench was good. Chong came off the bench again. I think coming off the bench, Chong was fantastic. He's he, gave us, he, he gave us a lot of energy. Um, yeah. Eloy, even Eloy coming off the bench. Like I was a little bit disappointed with Eloy against Liverpool when he came off the bench. I don't know why, but I was a little bit disappointed in him. But against Palace coming off the bench, he was. Phenomenal, fantastic. Well, I think, and, and I that's think what you're going to need. I mean, I think as soon as we went to goal up, I actually said to the person next to me, instead of, you know, bring on Eli, give him something else to think about. Yeah. And then straight away, he was actually coming on. So it's not me having Rob Edwards here. I just thought, okay, let's have a bit different rather than sort of, uh, they're going to come back. But so obviously then, yeah, we've gone two and up from there. Um, and then you're thinking, right, can we hold on? And then there's a dreaded, I think we had this discussion Someone said, I'll be six minutes injured. Someone said, there's going to be eight or nine because there's three minutes of their play going in down injured, three minutes for VAR checks and probably another three minutes for substitutions. And then they hold up 12 and they played almost 14 or 13 and a half. So it was, it was, it was again, the broadcast I was watching, again, they must have this information beforehand, obviously. But one of the commentators turned around and goes, get ready to hear the groans around this stadium when they hold up that board. With twelve minutes, and there wasn't it wasn't as bad as I think he thought it was going to be, but gee, when when he because he he turned around and said something along the lines of, "Get ready to hear the groans, um, around this around this uh building, around the stadium, when the ref when the uh fourth official holds up twelve minutes of added on time." And I literally let, like let out a scream. I was like, I think I scared my family. I was like, <laughs> "Fucking minutes!" I was like, "What the fuck?" That was a general reaction, I think. Yeah. But and, that's, that's the way the game's gone, unfortunately. And obviously, Palace, you know, 12 minutes, they're pumping balls into the box. Been defending well, but he's just thinking, you know, the part you're thinking, maybe it's a Liverpool game or anything else, you're just thinking, at some point, there's one that's going in there. And I think the defence, all of them, absolutely fantastic trying to get in there. Kaminsky, that late save. And then the ball that hit the post, it was, well... By the time you realize it hit the post, it rebounds out. But everyone's going, Jesus fucking Christ. That's a 
and then we almost went and scored straight away from it. There's there's another there's another um another nominee for man of the match. That defender, a post, was fantastic. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Put his body on the line. He really he really did. He was fantastic. But yeah, like the 12 minutes and like you knew there was gonna be more than the 12 minutes because there was stoppages within the within the um within the added on time at the end of the game. Yeah. So you knew there was gonna be more minutes, but as soon as that thing hit 12, I was just yelling at the fucking TV. Like blow the fucking whistle. Seriously, just blow the whistle. I mean, I think you had that 12 minutes. Kaminsky got but uh, got booked for time wasting, which I think before I think he's gonna get booked here, which um, yeah. I thought I thought two things. One, it's going to get booked. Two, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that, that's a booking you take every day of the week, you know. Um, the only thing is, I think they said on the commentary that we now have six bookings. So is that a yeah. fine or, or what is that? Yeah, that's a fine. So that's two fines in the space of a week. Fantastic. Um, but that's a fine that we'll take every day of the week. Yeah. You know, you, you play the game. It's, it's, it's time management. Every team's going to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's not... You don't you don't necessarily want the same people picking up yellow cards constantly, but you kind of look at it and go, "Yeah, I'll take that every day of the week, no problem." You yeah, spread the others around a bit. You take I mean, your time. Yeah, you take you take your time in a situation like that. But I mean, it was uh, I was just waiting, waiting. Then almost sits of um, Adebayo, almost scores. It's offside. I think as it turns out, nobody knew that at the time. Good save from their keeper as well. The final whistle goes, and that's just celebration straight away there. Yeah, I think I think the celebrations were a mix, um, a mix of obviously celebrations and just pure, pure relief. You I know? mean, I've actually been I've been at ground for our last two time home top flight wins. Was it was years. one of these things where the Everton game, like, I was extremely happy yeah. after the Everton game after we beat Everton. Um, maybe because the ending wasn't so nerve-wracking as the Palace game. Not that I remember anyway. As far as I can remember, it wasn't that nerve-wracking. But after the Palace game, and I don't know whether it's because it's our first home win in the Premier League or what, but it was very, very emotional. Like, I was just like, I can't believe that. I just can't believe what happened. You know, it was it was, it was, was one of them things where it's just, I was, I think my wife was scared because I'm not normally quiet, but I was quiet. Like at the end of the game, I let her scream. But then was it was just scared or thankful. Probably thankful. I was fucking yeah. quiet, to be honest. But it was just one of these things where I was extremely like I let I let out the scream at the end of the game. But then it was just quiet. Like I could I I couldn't even talk to anyone. No, I was quite vocal after, but it was. Um... I think it is just as you know, but I, mean, so those, those, I said both our last two home games. I've been at both of them, the last two home victories. Um, so about thirty years apart, that gives you some idea of how long. Gives you an idea of how old you are as well. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit. Just a little bit. I think. But yeah, say. like I, I can't remember our last. Um, our last top flight win. I know I was, I was, I was alive for it. I would have been uh, yeah. about... Aston Villa 2-0, Mark Pemish and Mark Steen. Brian Steen, not I Mark Steen. Probably would have been about um, 10, 11, 12? It would around. have been... It was uh, 92. 1992. 1992, so it would have been about uh, 10, 11, depending on whenabouts. But... I was 17, so... A little bit older than me. Hey! I'm the, I'm, I'm yeah, the young... I look better for it, though. 
I'm the young one on this in case you can't in case in case in, in case you can't notice. I'm the young person on this podcast. I'm the voice, I'm the voice of the youth. Yeah, that push it. <laughs> I'm not gonna push. But yeah, like I I I honestly honestly can't remember um the our last half flight win. Again, I was 10, so I like I don't have a lot of memories from back there. But um right. but I, I will say that like so on the last show that we recorded, we talked about a fan who got in touch with us about liking the podcast. He was from, I, I don't want to get where he's from wrong, but he's from America. And uh, he became a Luton Town fan. And we've been communicating since then, uh, talking about how he became a Luton Town fan and stuff like that. And one of the things I would say to anyone who's become a Luton Town fan within the last year, year and a half maybe, since the team is, is really like, put on a show um go check out Luton vids on youtube and relive some of the old days because some of the players we had were fucking amazing i really tried to avoid abusing when he said that anyone who's become a fan of last year i'm thinking don't make me say it don't make me say it no and, and here's the thing like it, it's one of these things where, where i think it's it, it it's more accepted in america as you know oh bandwagon fans but Talking to talking to Kevin was like the the process he went through to pick a team. Like he landed on Luton, um, and it, it wasn't just one of these things where oh, if he wanted if he wanted to be a bandwagon fan, he could have picked City, treble winners. You know he could have picked he could have picked anyone. He could have picked anyone out of the top four, top six. You know, the fact that he picked Luton was just and anyone that picks Luton. You know, like if you're only jumping on board now, like I know a lot of our fans are very, oh, you weren't there for the hard times. And I get that. But I don't want anyone to go through those hard times again. I'm very much welcome aboard. Enjoy the ride because it's going to be a fucking ride. Welcome aboard. If you need my, if you need any of my tickets, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> that, yeah. Don't nick Nick's tickets. By the way, we're not we're not calling you Nick anymore. We're calling you Mystic Meg, right? Because you predicted the Liverpool result. The Liverpool you result, said, yeah. You said before the Palace game two one. Yeah, it was two one. Forest game, I said we get something as well. Yeah, and now you're also, you're also predicting what time the subs come off the bench at because you said that you said bring on Eli now and give them something different to think about, and then Eli was suddenly <laughs> on the pitch. <laughs> I'm starting. To, I'm so. starting. I'm starting to think you have a you have a um you have a, a telepathic thing going with Rob Edwards. Unfortunately, I also think we're not getting nothing. We're not getting anything at Brentford. Shut the fuck up. But I also think we're getting we're getting a point at least from the man sitting in the Arsenal games. It'll be Arsenal that's telling them, and I think we kind of talked about this off off air. If it's going to be if it's going to be one of those games, it's going to be Arsenal. I cannot see us getting anything off City, but then again, I also said I couldn't see us getting anything off Liverpool. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't see Wolves getting anything off City, and they got a win as well. This is true, very, very true. But I think didn't Holland come off injured in that game? Uh, no, that was the Bournemouth game because I should have captain in okay. that game, which was annoying. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't see us getting anything out, out, out of City, especially because of the Wolves victory. I think they'll be more up for it. Um, Arsenal, right. I think, Arsenal. I think we can get something against Arsenal, but that's two weeks away. I mean, on, on to pundits. 
we've actually got a lot of pundits actually now starting to take us seriously. I mean, we've had Mika Richards a couple of weeks ago said he's liking what Luton are doing. They said, you know, we're knowing on those ones. Ian Wright was actually quite complimentary, saying get into grips with it. And sure didn't get a chance to have a look in. We've been seeing a couple of other articles as well. So, right, Luton of the promoter side, we're the ones putting up a fight. And we are. And we've actually got something on there. So people think you're right. There's a chance. We, can't, we know what our limitations are. Mm-hmm. So, so we can pass everything else. We know where our strengths are. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're pushing for. And you know, I'm going with this pundits thing with pundits giving us respect, don't you? Yeah, Garrett Crooks is still a cunt. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, can I put it now? I, I get your version. Yeah, uh, John Crooks, because he said, you know, made this prediction, can't take losing seriously. Then he doubled down it when he got changed. He's now going out of his way. I'm sure it's, he will say it's just paranoia. Well, no, actually, no, he wouldn't. But uh, I think Garth Cooks has actually got the reputation of being a little bit odd there. But you look at his team of the week, so he picked a Man City goalkeeper because yeah. he made a defence-spitting pass. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If you're going over the course of the season, you're p- picking Ederson probably every day of the week. It's Ederson or Allison for me as the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. Um, mm. But if you're going week by week, who's the best goalkeeper? The last couple of weeks, it's it's been Kaminsky. Yeah, you know, even against United, against Liverpool, he was fantastic. I mean, I, I actually purposely look out for Garfield's comms now just to laugh at how bad it is and how desperate he wants to avoid praising Luton. And you saw it even better. I mean, he normally puts in goal scoring defenders. No, no mention Mengi, who had a fantastic game as well. Who's got another team of the weeks? He's got the official Premier League team of the week, um, as long as Kaminsky as well. Um, but yeah, he picked the Palace player who scored it, and then he's then oh, Hodgson. Oh, it made some very veiled comments about the referees without the sort of you know getting in trouble. He should be nicer. So and then he goes, I can't see how Lucen wins. So I think as everyone points out, Goff, this is how Lucen won, or how you understand it. We scored two goals, Palace scored one. That's a two-one yeah. score one. He's next professional football. He should know how games are won. We can defend crosses into the box. We just can't defend runs into the box. Palace can't defend crosses into the box. Simple. Yeah. You know, but here's the thing, like, as you said, he's doubling down now. And it's just, the thing is, if he comes out at the start of the season and says, you know, Luton are going to be down by Christmas, mathematically impossible, but it is what it is. It's whatever. Like a lot of fans and uproar. I get it, you know, Um, but then to purposely just the the way he's going to build it in the last couple of weeks, like it's obvious to anyone that watches the games that Kaminsky's been one of the best goalkeepers in the last couple of weeks, in the last couple of match days. Um, it's also been Uh-oh. obvious in the last in the last couple of weeks, in the last probably month or so more, that Bene is probably one of the best wingers, wing backs, whatever you want to call it, in the league right now. Like he's causing problems for teams, and it's not just he's not just causing problems for teams down down beside us like Palace. He's causing problems for Liverpool. He gave oh, yeah. Frank a fucking awesome He destroyed a couple of times. So yeah. Like, everyone talked about Doku for City against Trent this weekend. Yeah, where do you think Doku got the ideas? He got it from Ogbeni. He watched, <laughs> tape of, he watched tape of the Luton game and went, I can get it, this guy. And that's pretty much what it was. Like, Ogbeni's been one of the best players in the Premier League for just pure, like, pace and directness. Like, he's been fantastic. Oh, he's been superb. I mean, I think in the signs he made this summer, I thought he was the more minor signing because he, he wasn't a big name there. He's a free transfer from Rotherham. I didn't know much about him other than the fact, mm-hmm. oh, he's an Irish international, so instantly you think he's probably not going to be that good. And 
<laughs> You're such a prick. No, um, I'll be honest with you. I stopped watching Ireland games once Steve Kenny became manager because it's just a complete fucking shit show. Um, so I didn't know an awful lot about Ogbeni either, and I knew he scored a couple of goals for Ireland, but because I obviously keep up with the results, but I didn't know an awful lot about him, like his style of player or anything like that. But he was definitely one of them players that you thought coming in in the offseason was a squad rotation player. He's the player going to be coming off the bench. He's probably going to cover Kabore against City at, at right wing back. You know, he, he, he maybe play like 10, 15 minutes here and there. But he's – and at the start of the season, let's face it, that's the way it was. Yeah. But he's he's made a, piece, a position for himself at this point. And, I mean, could not be proud of the fact that he's Irish. Like – Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But the fact that Crooks hasn't picked him, ridiculous. The fact that he hasn't picked Kaminsky, ridiculous. The fact that he hasn't picked, and I know I've, rant, I've gone off about him, the fact that he hasn't picked Barkley. You know, if you're talking about, oh, well, I'm going for technical players. Barkley's been fantastic technically in the last couple of games. Defensively, I'm a little bit meh on him. But technically, going forward, I, I, I like, just come out and say you're wrong. You know, just come out and say, like, what, what you said at the beginning of the season that they'll be down by Christmas is, uh, is already, was impossible at the time and is even more impossible now, especially with evidence point deductions. Just come out and say you're wrong. Like, I was wrong. I was wrong about the Liverpool game. I thought we would get hammered. You got fucking free beer out of it, but I was wrong. I have <laughs> no problem in coming on this podcast and saying I was wrong. I think you're probably quite glad you're wrong. Uh, I could have done without buying the beers, but I that. Hey, I actually forgot about that. You could have got away with that. I um, yeah, but that would that that would have said more about me than it does about you. I'm not that type of person. <laughs> but Brentford, uh, what do you think about Brentford? I think I Brentford. I'm not good at feeling. I think we lose that one. Probably about the odd goal or not. But um, I would like to think. I like to think something comes through. But this is a gut feeling that says no, we don't. For every, for some reason, like there's certain teams that every time I hear their name, I just think of certain things. And with Brentford, it's the was a six nil, seven nil, seven, seven. That's that's instantly what I think of. Like when I think of Brentford, I think of that. When I think of Ollie Watkins, I think of that. Like immediately, that's just where my headspace goes. I mean, just to balance out because I was thinking, obviously, last time we played them, that's where injury hit and everything else. To bounce out, no, actually, was it injury hit? Oh, yes, we had Izzy Brown, so no Izzy Brown, no hope, as I said. Izzy Brown, said. Ross Barkley. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing against Izzy. He was he was a fantastic person, and, you know, it's 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 a pity that his career was cut short, but we're not putting him and Ross Barkley in the same in the same no. category or same brand. No, I think that says more about Graham Jones. But what I would also say about Brentford, that Fuck, was... Fuck, I guess, forgot about him. For some yeah, reason, probably like, probably best, yeah. But what I would say about Sir Brentford, without making any further predictions, Brentford was also the first away game I saw Luton win. So you're going to the game? Uh, no, I'm not. I've got no chance of it. But um, that was um, that was in the, I think we were winning, we had a whole 91-92 season without winning. A single away game, season got relegated. 1992-93, got back November, went down to Brentford, went to goal down. They played, we were rocky, which everyone was taking the piss out of. Then Julian James scored this absolutely fantastic 25-yard loved, loved Julian James. 
<laughs> fucking love Ju- Julian James, Kinsley Black. Oh my well, god, King, Kinsley Black would be somewhere there, but Julian James sort of you know sliced across into the back of the net to equalize. Actually, quite a fantastic goal, and then Phil Gray got some you know a late winner as well. That brings back fucking memories. Like, I remember Phil Gray was fantastic for us as well, but Julian James, Kinsley Black. Like it was weird because at that at that point, like it was Julian James, Kinsey Black, Kinsey Black, Julian James were kind of like the favourites. Then it kind of moved on to Scott Oaks. Um, yeah, I mean they, they didn't. Have, well, Julian James was there and all the long bits of you know uh, Kinsey Black was gone way before Scott Oaks got there. Yeah, Kinsey Black, and then it, they could, they, once Black left, it was kind of on to Scott Oaks. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think, I don't think I've had a favourite favourite player since Scott Oaks. I think Ogbené might be taking that place right now. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, and the fact that he's Irish. But I don't think I've had a favourite, favourite player since then. Until now. Okay. I think I'm thinking... I, I think the favourite player is something you have when you're a kid. You get a bit older and you think, okay, you have... I mean, this team, you, you it's unfair to be our favourites. Yeah, it, 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 I I agree there. It is something that's more aimed towards like obviously in the nineties. I was I was a kid slash teenager, um. So it, it's more obvious then. But I mean, there's definitely been there's definitely been players without calling them favorite players. There's definitely been players in the last ten years, you know, on this journey that I look back at and go, yeah, we wouldn't be here without them. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've had players I absolutely despise the, the name of. I mean, players as in they got paid by us. Aaron O'Connor? No. <laughs> he seems to despise us. Yeah, fucking, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking more about the players who got paid by us and never got played oh, by us. Oh, we can say his name. I don't give a fuck. Danny Spiller. What a fucking wanker. Yeah, I wasn't avoiding his name. Oh, good. I won't. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, obviously, there's players that you absolutely fucking hate. But, like, you look at players that, like, to me, you look at and go, and I know this is getting completely off topic and we're running really long at this point, but players that you look at and go, we wouldn't be here without them. And you go back 10 years to to the to the conference, like, Mark Tyler in goal. Yeah. I don't think, like, what a phenomenal goalkeeper for that level. Um. And then you kind of start moving up the levels. James Collins, where would we be without his goals? You know, and again, Irish International. We have a, we have a trend here. The Irish International seem to do well for Luton. Um, well, I mean, James Collins was kind of, you know, the league went up to championship, league went up to championship, really, wasn't he? Yeah, league league two. I think we got him league two, the last season of league two. Because he scored, he scored, didn't he score in the um, 7-2 opening day win against Yobo? Uh, eight two, it was. Uh, was eight, eight two. two or I was trying to think. That was that was League Two. That was the year we went up. We went. We we end, we ended up second behind. Was it Accrington? Um. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And well, then yeah, League I, One. I thought it was League One he signed us in because I think it was obviously no. the previous one. It was definitely it was definitely League Two because I remember he took a. I want to say, he took a step back. And I don't necessarily know if that means League One to League Two, or he was already with League Two and he went to a team who'd not necessarily got promoted but weren't up there. 
I think Swindon, you're checking in now. You're Googling. I can hear your keyboard. Yes, I but I'm nearly certain what? he came in. I'm nearly certain he came in League Two. Um, I thought he, then, I thought he came, I thought he came in League One to be honest. So we because we on it, we we didn't um we didn't uh we only, remember we only played one season in League One. Yeah, you know, and that was like again, it was him that was just phenomenal. Him and uh, him and Hilton. Yeah, Moncourt yeah. scores a goal that everyone knows about and remembers, but against Portsmouth, but he was he was the um he was the one well, that, yeah it was it, it was league two yeah you're right I was right Yomi Bears <laughs> I didn't make that bet <laughs> I made it on your behalf <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that <laughs> but yeah like like the certain players like and then in the championship you look at the championship and you look at Eloy Carlton you know, there's certain players that you think we okay. wouldn't have got her. We wouldn't have got her without them. Glenn Ray in the championship. Glenn Ray, Tom Lockyer. Yeah, obviously still with the club. And yeah. then obviously there's there's one player who's gone through a whole lot as well. Pelly. Yeah. And you know what? I like it's one of these things where we went up to League Two, and I was going like, yeah. And we went up to League One, and everyone's like, oh, Pelly's out with depth. Nope. And we went to the championship, and it's like, oh, Pelly's out of his depth. No. We went up to, to the Premier League, and the first couple of games was like, oh, Pelly's out of his depth. Guarantee you by the end of the season, Pelly will be just fine. I'm just waiting for that first Pelly banger in the Premier League. Just completely <sighs> scared. Cannot wait. Everybody wants that, don't they? Yeah. Like, there was a couple of times on Saturday where he got the ball, and I was like, just fucking shoot at Pelly. Like, the, you're, you're not marvellous. You can't actually shoot. <laughs> Marvellous probably can well Marvellous can take a penalty so you're thinking surely it's the same with principle and that's all that matters that all that matter, that's all that mattered last May last, uh, last yeah. May as well is that you know anyway I think we're way way over time you're probably going to cut some of this we out we are I'm definitely going to cut out the bit where your missus walked in twice twice <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this it, it may be just because I'm drinking so much of it, but this shit gets better the more you drink. There you go, you converted. There you go. This, this podcast is now sponsored by Stedler as well. Ah, uh, don't say that. We'll get we'll get cut off YouTube. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by beer. By beer, just in general, beer. Yeah. Next week, next week it'll be wine, as long as Nick's not going on vacation again. Which mm. I do want to pull you up on. You you plan your oh, really? vacation. You plan your vacation around the United and Liverpool games. I plan my vacation Seriously. on my fiftieth birthday. Forget about that. <laughs> United and Liverpool games. They gotta understand this shit. Yeah, uh, well, to be to be honest, it's actually quite a nice thing going there. I think the thirty degrees temperature. Get back here. I thought lands at Santa's. Oh, it's actually not too bad. T-shirt weather for some reason. Go as far as Norwich. Thought, fuck me, it's cold. It's actually lovely over here right now. It's it's just the right temperature for me, and all of a sudden we become the fucking weather channel. But uh, yeah, it's just the right. It's just the right. Like it's it's not too hot. It's not too cold. I'm able to make my Irish stew, which is boiling on the stove right now. And you know, I'm I'm looking forward to that just as much as I'm looking forward to the Brentford game. Yeah, it's about three degrees here. It's cold. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. We're used to it. 
Thank you, Stella, and thank you, Luton. <laughs>